from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Don't ever piss anybody off along, along your career path because you never know who's going to like uh, elevate to a position where they can hire you for uh, an amazing job. My main uh, photographic subject these days is my granddaughter. She's uh, turns two next month, and uh, I don't I don't think I'm up to two million photos of her yet. But I've but I've you know she's she's well documented. I'm Sarah Fenske. President Barack Obama and photojournalist Pete Souza go way back, professionally speaking. Souza worked as a Washington-based photographer for the Chicago Tribune, and there he documented Senator Obama's rapid ascent to the presidency. He did such a good job, President Obama himself requested Souza become his official White House photographer. That was in 2008. It was actually Souza's second time in that role. He previously served as White House photographer for President Ronald Reagan. Now, later this month, Pete Souza will be inducted into the International Photography Hall of Fame and Museum. That's right here in St. Louis. And he joins us now. Pete Souza, welcome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So congratulations on your induction. Is this basically like getting into Cooperstown for photographers? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I think when I was a little kid, I, I dreamt of going to Cooperstown. <laughs> You weren't planning on uh, and this. Then, yeah, and then I got uh, cut from my high school baseball team, and I realized those dreams were dashed. And, and now, though, the Hall of Fame is still calling. Like, you found a different, maybe a better Hall of Fame. I, I mean, I was uh, just overwhelmed when I got the letter that I was being inducted. I mean, I'm. it's not anything that I ever would have hoped for or dreamed of uh, when I was first starting out in photography. So it's interesting looking at this year's inductees and also at, at some of the huge names that have been inducted in the past. You know, this year's class, you're there with Sally Mann and Dawood Bay and Joyce Tennyson. You're a photojournalist. Does it feel weird to be in the same group as, as these artists, quote unquote artists, who work in these really controlled settings and are sort of coming in, setting up a vision? You're there capturing life. Yeah, and I don't. I don't think it's odd. I mean, I think it just shows you how broad the field of photography really is. Mm -hmm. And if you look at some of the previous inductees, W. Eugene Smith, Henry Cartier-Bresson, um, even one of this year's uh, posthumous uh, uh, inductees, Larry Burroughs, mm -hmm. they all uh, kind of did what I did. Maybe not in politics, but in in capturing life as it unfolded, not directing the subject. Etc. But it just shows you how wide the field of photography can be. Yeah, absolutely. And and maybe that real art can come out of something that, that isn't staged. I feel like looking at your work, it, it makes a great case for that. Well, you know, I never, <laughs> I, was, I never had the ability to draw a picture, and I, I still have trouble even just drawing a stick figure. <laughs> but you know, somehow for me, photography was an art. It was the, the the magic of the photography and trying to incorporate framing and composition and light and color into uh, life moments, as you as you call them. Um, and I think that in itself is is an art. 
Absolutely. So I understand you got your start in photography. You're a little bit late in life. You were already in your junior year of college. What happened that drew you to this art form? Yeah, I was at Boston University. I was in the communications school, and I had aspirations of becoming a sports writer because I I wasn't, (laughs) as I mentioned, that good at playing sports. But I loved sports. So that was my, you know, that was why I went to BU. And I took a photography class in my junior year, and it wasn't necessarily the the journalism aspect of it. It was just the magic of photography back in the days of black and white, when not only are you making the picture yourself, but you're then developing that film and making a print in the dark room with those red safe lights, and the the image magically appears in the tray of developer. It was that whole magic to me that just uh, I mean, I I was bit you know the I was bit by that bug of photography right away. Hmm. So the bug bit you. Did you then plan to go be a sports photographer, or were you you just open to any job that would let you do this as opposed to having to be a writer? Yeah, I mean, I I, I knew that I wanted to do um, uh, you know I aspired to become a newspaper photographer, and my portfolio wasn't that good when I graduated from school, and I actually couldn't get a job. Mm. But, uh, you know, eventually I landed jobs at, at newspaper. And the one thing that I did like about newspaper is you got to do a little bit of everything, sports, news, feature. Uh, and, and it was really that that variety that 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 first drew me to photojournalism and newspaper photography. Hmm. So you went from not being able to get a job as a photographer right out of college to uh, in not actually that long a period of time, you ended up becoming an official White House photographer for Ronald Reagan. How did you make that jump from working for small newspapers to the White House? Well, you know, funny things happen in life. Um, and you meet, you, you, <laughs> Maybe, you, meet, yeah. you meet people along the way. And one, one of the people that I knew was a photo director at a newspaper in uh, Kansas, the Kansas City Star. And she became the White House photo editor. And um, so when an opening uh, came up in the middle of Reagan's first term, she, you know, call, I hadn't talked to her for probably five years. She called me out of the blue and said, hey, we want you to apply for this job. Um, and, you know, I, I always tell uh, when, when I, I taught for a while and I used to tell my students, you know, don't ever piss anybody off along along your career path because you never know who's going to like uh, elevate to a position where they can hire you for uh, an amazing job. Um, and so, you know, I was lucky in that I I knew this person. She she recommended me. I got hired. And then, uh, you know, as they say, uh, things happened. Yeah. And, and, you know, you've become so well-known for your work chronicling President Obama. I would say your work for Reagan is is less well-known, perhaps because at that point we weren't just posting photos on social media all day long. Um, This wasn't something that was as much a part of, of the national conversation. So I'm curious, what was it like being in the Reagan White House? How did that compare to all those years later when you returned for President Obama? Well, I think it was a little bit different in, in what you just mentioned, um, but but the the way I went about the my job was was the same. Still mm-hmm. trying to document history as it unfolded, 
Um, I, I would say the one thing that was uh, the, that was especially different was the access wasn't nearly as good as it as it later was with President Obama, and I think that's because I didn't really have an established relationship with President Reagan coming in, mm -hmm. whereas with President Obama I did, um, and I but I still am proud of a lot of the pictures I made during the Reagan administration. But as you say, people didn't really get to see them because. Social media, the internet, you know, didn't really exist at the time. I feel like the, the iconic photo from your time at the Reagan White House is um, Princess Diana dancing with John Travolta. We've all seen that photo, but I bet even people who are big fans of your work don't necessarily know you're the guy who took it. No, I, I, I posted it a few weeks ago on Instagram when John Travolta had... Um, uh, done an interview, and I guess spoke about it for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so I posted the, uh, the, the photo photograph on, on Instagram. And I think you, my, my followers were stunned to learn that. <laughs> they did not know that. I huh? was the one who had, had made that photograph as well. That's so cool. So as I mentioned, you did gain such fame for your work on Obama. And it seems like you guys just had such an incredible rapport. What was the secret to that relationship? Well, I think two things. One, um, it helped that I had known him for four years before he became president. So mm -hmm. I know I knew him as a human being. He also had seen me work uh, uh, because he had given me access when he was senator. He had seen how I went about my business and um, and and liked the way I just did my job. I didn't interfere with what was going on. I I was using quiet cameras, all that kind of stuff. And I think part of it, too, was we're, we're kind of from the same generation. You know, oftentimes a senator or even a president is surrounded in his uh, support staff by very young people. So here, here I was, uh, you know, somebody actually a, a few years older than him. And, and we, we, you know, we grew, even though he grew up in Hawaii and I grew up in Massachusetts, you know, the same kind of TV shows we watched and we uh, experienced uh, things that happened in our country that maybe the young people hadn't. So we had that kind of a rapport going, too, I think. Plus, we were both sports fans. So there was a lot of back and forth about, uh, you know, competition on sports teams because, you know, he followed the Chicago teams and I followed the Boston teams having grown up in Massachusetts. So it's nice that that childhood love of sports, that kind of has paid off for you in several ways. It helped you find your career and then you could find a rapport with a president. You feel like it all goes back to, to being a kid who loved baseball. Yeah, I don't know about baseball. I mean, I think that, like, I remember when the Patriots won the last Super Bowl, uh, I, you know, he's not a fan of the Patriots or, or even Tom Brady, and I texted him. I said, I know you're not a fan of Tom Brady, but you now have to admit he's the greatest quarterback of all time, and and he did. He, <laughs> he did. Admitted he it. admitted it. Yeah. Well, we're, we're breaking some news here today. President Obama has confirmed that Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. I don't know that anyone in our audience here is going to be happy to hear that. I think they're probably more in the anti-Tom Brady camp, but we'll give you that moment. Um, so you're still texting President Obama today. Well, not on a regular basis. I mean, he did find out about that I got inducted to the Hall of Fame. I don't know how he found out because I didn't I didn't tell him, And but I assume somebody on, on his staff did, so he sent me an email the other day congratulating me. I mean, that's so cool. That does, Doesn't that feel good that you, you have a buddy who was president and like a, a very well-respected president at that? Well, I mean, look, I spent like almost every working hour 
in the guy's space. Yeah. And I and I have I was there for every emotion he went through as as president. So there's that kind of a bond between us that, you know, is never going to be broken. We're talking today to Pete Souza. He's being inducted into the International Photography Hall of Fame and Museum. That's right here in St. Louis. It's happening um, later this month. There's actually an exhibit that opens October 30th. If you, if you want to check out his work and the work of all the other inductees, there's some just terrific photos. Pete, I have to ask, you took two million photos of Obama. Is there one that you'd point to as your favorite? You know, I always uh, aspire to create the best photographic archive of a president that had ever been done. Mm. And it's hard to like narrow it down to one picture because if I, you know, the, a lot of people point to the Situation Room photo during the Bin Laden raid or the mm-hmm. picture of young Jacob Philadelphia touching the president's head as he's bending over. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 whatever picture I pick, it leaves out so much about what I tried to do during his administration to show the full humanity of the man so that why that's why that's why it's hard for me to to you know choose any uh, one photograph so you want us to look at the totality of the work and, and i mean that's a right. huge total right. right there yeah so i have to ask um after president obama left office um you started trolling I think it's fair to say you were trolling. Uh, <laughs> you were trolling his successor, uh, President uh, Trump. You actually ended up writing a book called Shade, A Tale of Two Presidents. Did you have any trepidation about that? Like, you know, you kind of got this official sort of dignified position, and now you're going to throw some shade at the, at the president of the U.S. I, I felt that I had no choice. Um, I, f- I felt that... Um, that that Trump was disrespecting the office of the presidency. You know, this isn't it wasn't a partisan thing. I mean, I you know I've worked for both a Republican and a Democrat, um, but I think that that he was just disrespecting the office, and I felt that I was in a unique position uh, to to provide a visual contrast between you know a normal presidency and what what I considered an abnormal presidency, and I felt that I had no choice. I mean, I I thought this was about the state of our democracy. And I was no longer a working photojournalist um, and felt that, uh, you know, I had a unique voice. And And it's as simple as that. And so this started as an Instagram project and and later became this book, Shade, A Tale of Two Presidents. Do you know if this was on uh, Trump's radar, if this was something that got under (laughs) his skin? Uh, You know, I I don't. I know a lot of people... (laughs) wanted me to send uh, him a copy, which, I, you know, I didn't do. But uh, I, 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 honest, I honestly don't know. I'm surprised that, like, he actually didn't, you know, uh, tweet out against me because, you know, that's what he usually does when somebody criticizes him. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, kinda, so he kind I, of ignored I, I, you, which is not like him. Well, I, you know, and we used um, many of his tweets in the book. And I remember saying to my publisher... I go, well, what happens if, you know, Trump sues us for, you know, using his tweets? And my publisher went, that would be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That's a cool publisher. Like, they were like, bring it on. This will be good for business. That's great. It's great to have a publisher who has your back. Well, well, so, Pete, I understand these days you're no longer in Washington. You're actually in Madison, Wisconsin. What made you decide to want to come back to the Midwest? 
Well, our, uh, our daughter was living here, and uh, my wife had retired from teaching, and she said, I want to move to Madison. And I said, okay. I figured after what I put her through for eight years, if she wants to live in Madison uh, to be close to her daughter, then I, I'm going to say okay. <laughs> so that's good. You, you made a good, uh, a good marital move there. I understand this induction ceremony in, um, for this, the International Photography Hall of Fame. This is something that's going to be done virtually. Do you think, I mean, you're not that far away. Do you think you'll come to St. Louis to see the exhibit in person at some point? Yeah, I would, li- I would actually like to see the exhibit, not, not, not to see my, my work hanging because I, <laughs> I, I know what you know, photos I, I sent, but I, you know, I'd like to see the other uh, inductees uh, work hanging on the wall. So um, I, I may try to do that. Well, I hope we can get you to come to St. Louis um, and you can check out this Hall of Fame for yourself. Um, we want to encourage if people listening to this are interested in doing this as well, uh, you can check out IPHF. Dot org that exhibit showing Pete Souza's work and all the other honorees that opens October 30th and it's going to run through February 12th. Uh, Pete, real fast in our final minutes here, um, what are you working on today? Well, I'm, I'm, my main uh, photographic subject these days is my granddaughter. She's uh, turns two next month, and uh, I don't I don't think I'm up to two million photos of her yet. But I've but I've you know she's she's well documented. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm working on uh, working on another book uh, of archive photos from the White House, um, where not a single picture is is uh, President Obama in the photo. So it's more about mm. uh, life inside the presidential bubble, what it's like to be a, aboard Air Force One, aboard the helicopter, what it, what it's like to walk around the rooms of the White House. Well, that uh, that just sounds amazing. Can't wait to see that one. Pete Souza, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This episode was produced by Laura Hamden with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.